Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is a Vencast Studios production. Welcome, welcome to Riding the Pine. I am Hondo here with Gabe. What's up, Gabe? Yo, yo, what's good, man? So I don't know, like, what to call this. We're in like this very weird week right now. For because... the predatory episode. <laughs> because it's like we're right in the middle of um, the draft has just happened. Awards are happening tomorrow. We, we essentially have free agency kicking off in July. We have the big three starting. It's so weird. It's so weird because the season is clearly over, but we're not stopping. Can't slow down. No way, no how. I woke up in a, like a dripping sweat. Yeah. And I, I just realized I woke up as happy as a clam because I still have Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you know what? It's been a range of emotions here, and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll dig into all of that oh, yeah. in our Minnesota highlight episode. Sure. But. But boy, there's a lot to digest there. There's so much. There's so many pictures coming out. So many I'm so emotions. Hyped. I'm so hyped. I was crying, and now I'm just jubilant as can be. Hey, I'll tell you one thing that I've heard. You have to be waiting. Where I am waiting, at least for the for the new Nike jerseys to come out. Yeah, and then so, I'm buying the whole fucking. Gamut. Yeah, j- just just buying it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Jimmy Butler is going to be rocking the Jimmy Butler jerseys are going to be all over the Ballard neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it, so, man. Let's make that. No, happen. we we have to make it happen. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing before we get into kind of the meat of this episode. You know what? If you haven't been watching the NBA, um, you know, it's like I said, it's a slower time. But there is possibly the funniest thing I've seen all season. And that is Clay Thompson going for a 360 dunk. Clay Thompson missed this thing hard. Missed this thing hard. He like gets rejected by the rim and falls to the ground. I probably conservatively have watched this maybe twenty to thirty times. <laughs> yeah, right. It's hilarious. Bring back Vine, man. Bring back Vine. I could see this a thousand <laughs> six, times on Vine. Six, six seconds. Yeah. It just it just keeps playing. It's just like you get in a real dark place if you if you're watching a video about it. 100 to 1,000 times. I immediately thought of Bob Saget in America's Funniest Home Videos. I was like, where is this in the grand finals? Hey, Bob Saget, yeah. you know, anytime you're ready for this, we'll have an NBA bloopers. Yeah. Just straight NBA bloopers <laughs> back back in action. You know what? You can swear if you want, Bob Saget, because I know who you are. I know who you are. But We're coming for that 10 stacks of high society. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh, you- dude, but the stage was set. In China, of all places, <laughs> Clay Thompson's visiting. He's like, watch this. Yeah. Does a little like spin around 360, gets hurt in the rim, gets blocked at the rim, rather, falls down, 
is hurt. Yeah. Did he leave on a stretcher or something? I don't. I don't know. Or the what, Chinese equivalent. I, I don't know what happened. I, I never got to that point because yeah. I just I just kept watching the fall time <laughs> right. and time and time again. Right. So oh my goodness, In, incredibly funny and. It's like I said, it's kind of this weird period right now, but we're we're right on the cusp of of the NBA awards, which are actually tomorrow night, host, yeah. hosted by Nicki Minaj and Drake. Oh, so on TNT. Um, I don't know. It's it's the first. I you know they're really trying to create an event out of this. It's it's very obscure though. If you've been a basketball fan for a long time, right. about how late these awards are. Yeah. Just like everything's already happened. Everything's already happened. We know we know who's won, and now we're just figuring out what happened. Like what, they, they what, want to go on vacation. They want to spend their time like not thinking about basketball. Now they have to show up and dress accordingly and get an award or yeah. not get an award and yeah. just be there. Yeah, it's pretty shameful. I think what they've been doing in years past was also kind of regrettable because you would wait to the playoffs, then you would wait till the end of the first round yeah. to get. Most of them, and then you would wait till partly, partly through the second round for your MVP. <laughs> I remember one year, like Dirk won MVP or something, right? Yeah, and they had been eliminated in the first round. Yeah, so it's like that was really hard. And like, why would you do that? There's like this week in between the end of the season and the playoffs. That's when this should happen. Yeah, like get it all out there. Just, just get it done. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Adam Silver. Like, look at your calendar, man. Look, <laughs> look at your calendar. This isn't. This is what an intern could put together. An intern could pick the day yeah. of the NBA awards show because there's only one week in which it can happen all year long. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. Just don't put us up on on our soapbox here. We're, we have plenty of time as we approach the dog days to address this situation. And Adam Silver, Ball Jesus. Hire us. We'll do it for you. <laughs> you don't even need to call us interns yeah, or anything. No, it's really no money. We just we just need to get the scheduling of the NBA season <laughs> back on pace. Right. So you know what? Just hit us up at Ryden underscore the pine. You know where to find us. We'll Come be on. You know we'll where to find us. You know, as we get into the meat of this episode, I really wanted to talk about the Oh, no, I really want to talk about kind of last predictions, last thoughts. We we had talked about it a long time ago, but let's revisit the the final the six awards that oh, are sure. that are going to be announced tomorrow night. Sure, and we'll kind of go through make predictions. If you've been watching the RTP feed, I how three at how three have been making predictions. That is not representative of everyone here, but we may have some similar opinions. So we'll. We'll take one more look at this and sure. kind of make our make our final predictions into tomorrow night. And if you're in Vegas, bet these predictions hard. Oh man! So really quick, uh, can I bet on these predictions after they happen in Vegas, like two weeks later? Damn. You know what? I I sure wish you could, but you know that kind it's of like, bet, it's like that kind of betting. Racing, you know? No, of course, but that kind of betting is really reserved for the big three because oh, yeah. the, the games the games are played same day, but then they're not televised until the next day. So oh, there's some hustling happening, I think, huh? <laughs> People betting on big three that already know the scoop. Is it, is, is it Cube just trying to make money off the entire league himself? Yeah, it's, Cube's is in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I know who's going to win. Yeah. Here, here's a line for you. So, really quick, aren't there more than six awards? Isn't there just, like, the six main awards, and then there's these weird arbitrary anomaly, like, dunk of the year, um, I, see, I, I, fashionista of the year? I don't know. I, I don't know where those awards kind of fit in, but right. I, I think these are actual NBA awards, and right. then there's there's probably a whole host of, like, 
TNT or Blog Awards or whatever the crap they are. Yeah, I I don't, I don't know. So okay. we'll t- we'll talk about the six the six main awards, the awards that have some sort of financial impact on the uh, on the players and coaches who receive them. All right. So the first award MVP. That's the first one, huh? Well, no, okay. The, dra- let, the drama. Let, the let's, drama is let, done, let, though. Let, let's let's start at the bottom. Let's start okay. at the bottom. We'll, we'll come back. And this is this is a fun one to actually start at. We'll start at defensive player of the year. Yeah, I think we might have differencing differencing opinions. On okay, this. so just just the nominees as we, before we get started. Rudy Gobert from Utah, uh, Draymond Green from Golden State, and Kawhi Leonard from San Antonio. Yeah. So the odds on favorite is Rudy Gobert. Mm. What what is your who is your pick for defensive player of the year? For me, I think it has to be Kawhi Leonard. Wow. Mm. Wow. I think so, he might not so, win, but so I think consistently, just from how, cons- how the season came out, you know. Consistently named the best two-way player in the game, but is he truly the best defender? Is he truly the best defender? He's guarding LeBron's. He's not guarding the paint. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I'm not He switched on the best player at every game, and he's on a San Antonio Spurs team that features exactly Kawhi Leonard himself on offense, where Rudy Gobert is just a defensive presence, and he can score 10, 20 points a game, but it's mostly lobs. He's not creating for himself, so he's not expending himself on offense. He's, his only purpose is on defense, and his only purpose is in the paint. On blocks. On blocks. On block protection. Kawhi Leonard is doing that on yeah. in addition to... Guarding LeBron's and Harden's and Steph Curry's in the league, and the Kevin Durant's in the league, yeah, and he's and he's containing them, if not basically uh, washing them with his production. You know what I mean? So from that, just sheer production on D, he gets a steal, if not four a game, and he gets a block, if not a couple a game. He's an all around the best defender. They yeah. recently came out with a commercial. I think it was like a, a Nike commercial, and it was like Kawhi not. Yeah. Oh. It was pretty good. Wow. And um, instead of why not from the Russell Westbrook campaign, it was the like, Kawhi not. Yeah. And the hypothetical question, it was a really fun commercial about these like two high schoolers debating about offense versus defense mm-hmm. of Kawhi Leonard. And the hypothetical ending of it was, yeah. would Kawhi Leonard stop Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know the answer. I, I don't know. That, that's a really tough, like, yeah. what, you know, what if a tree falls in the forest? Like, who, who's there to listen? Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to dig into the crazy hypotheticals. That's nuts. I think you're absolutely right that that Kawhi is is the best. <laughs> He's the best all around defensive player. Yeah. I I think that I think that Draymond Green has to get some sort of nod. But again, Draymond Green is hard to take. It his the Golden State Warriors were so good that how do you really measure the impact of his. His, of his contribution yeah. and is is it really is it really enough to kind of push him past Kawhi? I don't I don't think so. I I had him kind of thinking about that before in, in reconsidering this. I I'm gonna have to side with you on Kawhi. Okay, I think that's it's a shame. Also, I have an ulterior motive with this, which I'll mention later later sure. in the episode. Sure. But I mean, Kawhi is a spectacular defender, and he he makes San Antonio better every yeah. time he's on the court. Right. Rudy Gobert was definitely um, shown though in the Clippers Utah series as a reason why they would win that series. Yeah. And I think even was he was hurt for a couple games, and like the the series got close for a bit. And then Joe Johnson took over, but Rudy Gobert was back, and he was like, you're not scoring on me at all. 
Yeah. And so the game changes when you have a Rudy Gobert in the game. But so I get it. I get that. But but if you can't, but if you're an all around defensive player, if if you can play this. Kawhi can play that player at half court, and he can also play him in the yeah. paint. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes a difference. He can block LeBron, man. Yeah. Like, that is the type of player and the caliber he's at. So, I, I just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No offense, Gobert. You've had a spectacular season, yeah. and you, you help push Utah forward, but you're taking on... You're taking on a two-time all-defensive player. Yeah. Like, let's make this three times in a row. <laughs> let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. All right. So our next pick, most improved player. This is crazy. So, so we I'm, got- I'm crazy. I, before you say anything, like, yeah. why is it the nominees? Like, why are there nominees? Why is it? Why is this like the BET Awards or like the Golden Globes? Why did I say BET <laughs> I, first? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're picking less. You're picking more obscure shows <laughs> yeah. to, to really start this off yeah, with. Right. Uh, okay, but let's go with the nominees. So Greek Freak at one for Milwaukee. Uh, Rudy Gobert again for Utah and Jokic for Denver. Yeah, Nikola so, Jokic from Jokic. Denver. Um, so I think the consensus is Greek Freak. I, I this is the one. This is the one where I cannot back down from Greek Freak. Greek Freak led his team in yeah. like eight categories or something like this. And I'm just thinking about this. Like Nikola Jokic came off the bench last year, yeah. and he started midway through this season, if not like maybe a quarter of the way in. Yeah, I think uh, Yusuf Nurkic was starting or something. Yeah. So he obviously usurped the Nurkic. Yeah. Um, and took over the reins of the team, and now he's the face of the fucking team, yeah. which is fantastic. That's a lot of improvement from what he was to what he is. But he's not Greek Freak. No, Greek Greek Freak made himself an all-star in a league full of really, really talented players. Yeah, and he's like the first international-born like all-star starter that's not like a Gasol. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, It's phenomenal that you don't see that kind of breed of a player... Um, He's borderline a superstar. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely think he is. I, he is he is so good. Yeah. He is he's going to st- he's going to continue to attract players to Milwaukee or wherever he decides to go longer term. It's crazy, just because he's that good. He will he will make other players around him better. I saw a stat today that um, he's still younger than Joel Embiid. <laughs> oh. Oh my God! I did not know so that. So this dude is almost super superstar, and we're what talking is he, like about twenty two or twenty twenty one. Yeah, he's twenty two. Yeah, exactly. So he's going into his <laughs> fifth <laughs> year. You, you guys didn't see that. My my eyes nearly popped out of my head. So <laughs> yeah, right, that'd be a supernatural talent. Um, okay, but twenty two, and really, like seriously, you're an, he's an all star already, yeah. and he's got he's got so much potential. There's so much more growth to happen. Like, yeah. we're still waiting for his jump shot, and once that happens, it's actually game over <laughs> for the NBA. No matter what kind of super team or yeah. you know Cinderella team you have, the Greek freak is just going to be like, "That's right, I'm on a pita bread waiting for you." <laughs> That was not funny. He shouldn't have left. <laughs> I don't know. What, whatever. So so it's, so consensus is Greek freak. Do you have a number two? I think Gobert is a. a I think Gobert is third in this. If if we are to stack rank him. Yeah, this is a bit of a biased um, opinion, and it's not on this list, which is why I asked about the nominees. Like, why yeah. are they limited to three? But Carl Anthony Towns should be in this discussion. Because 
They were thinking that this was a borderline playoff team with just this guy alone as a second-year player yeah. pulling up 35 and 20 rebounds, 35 yeah. and 12, and he was averaging that. He was an all-star. He was on the all-NBA team, and so he should be considered at least. But, uh, you know, Jokic is here, and that's fine. So the odds, so we're looking at Bleacher Report and some of the odds. Uh, oh, my God. Jokic, Look at those odds. They're, they're exactly the same between Jokic and, and Greek Freak, which is crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay. I would bet that hard. So the odds are picking Jokic and the odds are picking Gobert? Yeah, so the... No, 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 no. It's three to two and three to two, so... Oh, but so this the pick in this document, though, is saying the pick is Jokic. And the odds, based on this projection, who's the it's, projection it's is the It's saying author. the pick, but it, the, the way that they wrote this is kind of dumb. Sorry, Bleacher oh, yeah. Report. They're saying Jokic and Greek Freak have the same odds, so the pick is actually both of them. Okay, so, sure. Um, they just give an edge, so statistically, there's not an edge over one over the other. Okay. They just decide to bring Jokic to the fourth world. So okay, well I, I don't guess know. I think we're unanimous know. here in saying Greek freak. I, I, I'll be surprised if it's not really. Yeah, yeah. he he's he deserves it. This is this is the this is the one pick that I'm like I'm hands down on. Like I think I think there's a lot of debate in some of, some of the other picks. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of de- I, going back to the defensive player. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that all three of them are not at least de- you know they're not. They're de- they're deserving in some capacity. All all three of them. Right. I, I think there's a slight edge. There's a slight edge, but this one, I just I don't think the edge is. I, I think it's re- it's much much higher than that. This article suggests. For sure. So okay, let's move on to coach of the year. So we have D'Antoni from Houston, Popovich from San Antonio, and Spolster from Miami. This is a this is wild. I, I think that I think that one of these is clearly out from the beginning. Yeah. And I'm going to say Spolstra is out from the very beginning. I know what he did this season. It's phenomenal. I I know what he did, but it's still, it's not enough against these other guys. Yeah. Why why did Tyron Lue and Steve Kerr not get in? Just because they were the one seeds and they were like 61 teams. Yeah, I, I, I not, really, not I really, I care. I really don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know why. Tyron because Houston was a third seed, you know. Yeah. Like, how did he get in here and in and in in not Steve Kerr? That's okay. So that's my like weird like. But, why did the, so, why did they limit it to three players or three coaches in this example? And actually, why is it Miami? Yeah, Miami didn't get into the playoffs. No, ex- exactly. <laughs> but he he did have an impressive run, as you suggested. Yeah, so five hundred season, which is so phenomenal. yeah, from just abysmal start. So yeah. I, I mean, I can I can see that side of it, but not getting into the playoffs is is not like you're off my list right away. I think, I think Popovich is. Popovich is so good perennially that it's just he gets it works overlooked. against him on this. He, yeah, he gets overlooked <laughs> for something like this. Yes. He he goes sixty plus wins, and it's just it's still not enough. And, and clearly a two seed, and just what, just people overlook it. Yeah. Why? So, and I think we might be doing it this year too. No, I think my pick I, I is think I'm, I think I'm going to do it. I'm go, going to do it as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Um, you my know, my pick is D'Antoni because he just completely turned that franchise yeah. into a stable perennial contender now, yeah. with basically Scrubs and Harden. Yeah. 
That was not seen. I was not expecting this. I remember in our off-season three-hour prediction episode. <laughs> Go back. We'll reference yeah, that in the with, show notes. With ten yeah. people invited and only, you know, just the two of us. But, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we had Houston. I had Houston, like, out of the playoffs or, like, a seventh seed or something. Yeah. I think you had maybe predicted them a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, I think I had, like, five or maybe six. Yeah. I think so. And... It was because I didn't expect the Harden takeover. I didn't expect that. I thought, you know, um, Capella would be Capella and not an all-star caliber center. I, I didn't think that Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon and now Luke, Willi- Luke Lou Williams would yeah. be, like, a difference maker yeah. in this, in this, on this franchise. And they were. They were great. They were exactly what D'Antoni needed. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before in Phoenix. We've seen it before with, like, Stan Van Gundy in, in Orlando. We never really thought it could happen again. And... Kudos, right? Because mm-hmm. he was outpacing and basically giving an MVP caliber an award to a player that was probably deemed worthy of it by saying, here, here's the keys to this car, run with it, and it doesn't matter if you make any errors, we have so many more possessions than every other team that we're going to just dominate. Yeah. That was a, that's an amazing strategy. It was so hard to guard. And it had people like... Popovich flummoxed, right? Like during the season, like I don't know what to do in this series, and it just was. It just so happened that they had Kawhi Leonard, yeah. And I think he, uh, I think uh, like on the markets, Aldridge had a couple games that were great as well. So, anyways, long diatribe, but basically saying D'Antoni blew expectations away and said, "I'm actually a formidable coach in this NBA season, in this NBA league." Yeah. And don't worry about the New York Knicks crap I did. Don't worry about the Los Angeles Lakers crap I did. Mm-hmm. I was being like chained. Yeah. And here's D'Antoni unchained. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I just I think of the turnaround that he he brought to that franchise, and I completely echo your sentiment here that he he just did something special with that Houston team and bringing them back kind of from the dead. So I I completely am for this for this selection. I think I think Popovich had a great season once again, yeah. but I just like the standard at which he's coached is so high. It's hard to say he's literally the coach of the year. I actually I'm going to make a controversial call here and I'm going to say that Popovich is actually my third pick because Spolstra's Spolstra turning that that ship around yeah. in Miami is impressive. Right. It is impressive, but you don't get in the playoffs. You don't deserve, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you do. You do not deserve Coach of the Year. I was kind of shocked that this isn't even, even an award given out because these are coaches that don't really need the accolades or the you know, the the attention at all. Popovich is going to be hands down one of the best coaches in NBA history. He doesn't need a seasonal award, a perennial award given to him. He would give, he gives no shits about this. Yeah. But like, if you were to kind of give a storyline of the season, yeah, the Spurs are not even going to be in it. No. It's going to be Cleveland, Golden State, and then Houston. Yeah. And then Miami. And then Milwaukee. Yeah. And Washington, in a way. Yeah. So, like, those were the coaches that kind of took teams that were not necessarily expected into consideration, into contention. I mean, that's an interesting point. I almost want to throw Jason Kidd into the mix with with Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, That's definitely, definitely potential. I think Tyron Lue could be there. With the kind of how much... Well, how much was Steve Kerr actually out during the season due to his back injury? 
I, I, I don't I, know. I, I can't. I don't remember. A I, small chunk of games, we'll just say. Okay. And then I think for sure the first couple rounds of the yeah, playoffs. So. Yeah, but this was all prior to the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I, I still think D'Antoni has has the the best story, and whether it's warranted or not, I think it's commendable to you know to give coaches that that steered the ship in the right direction yeah, an, I'm, an award. I'm, I applaud this list. So okay, we're gonna move on from coach of the year. We're gonna move to sixth man. So sixth man has. Oh. Has some interesting nominations. So an interesting nomination that isn't there, and I want to talk about that in yeah. a second. So here are the nominees: Eric Gordon from Houston, Andre Iguodala from Golden State, and Lou Williams from Houston. I think one of these is off the list immediately. Yes. And I'm I'm saying Lou Williams, you you do not have enough to make this list. Wow. And I was going to say Andre Iguodala, you don't have enough to make this list. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Like that's funny. That's give, funny because give your, is, give your give your rationale then for Andre off this list. Oh my God, we're we're gonna we can go like an hour into this, <laughs> but uh, just like my twenty seconds or less. Yeah, put the shot clock on. Okay. Um, he he wasn't expected to do anything this season. He was out for like 20, 30 games. Yeah. Also, they were blowing out teams that he was just like, you know, let's just throw Iguodala in there now. Yeah. There was nothing like they didn't need to do anything with Andre Iguodala. They just needed him in the finals, stay healthy, yeah. be healthy for the finals because you're going to come up big in the finals as we saw yeah. in the finals. He scored 20 points and like some three monster dunk throwdowns on LeBron in in LeBron's face. Yeah. And that was that was the reason why you have Andre Iguodala. So yeah, but um, continual six man of the year, like he's not even really required. He's not in, required in in, the, in that offense. Yeah. So I I understand this, but I to me an impact player, yeah. an impact player is not Andre Iguodala is a great player, and in fact he could be a starter on a number of other teams. You're just on one of the best teams in the NBA right now. I agree, and you're really not making the impact. I want to talk just a little bit about the Lou Williams thing. I think he was a good addition to Houston, but I think just because of switching. Of switching from the Lakers to Houston, that he doesn't deserve that nomination Agreed. for hundred percent for six man of the year. I do think that, I, and I, I think consequently we can go to we can go to Eric Gordon as being a, a supremely impactful player for for Houston, yeah. and he really is just like adding to that three point just arsenal. Yeah. Just straight up Arsenal with Houston, yeah, and uh, Harden and just the whole works, man. And my my twenty second twenty second little you know statement on Gordon is that he was a nothing player in New Orleans. He was a bona fide like star in the Clippers, and they traded him for Chris Paul. Yeah, and then he became nothing in New yeah. Orleans. He was injured. He was perennially injured. He was playing ten games a season, and he was awarded for ten games a season with a max contract. They took a gamble on him, yeah, and they resurrected his career. Yeah. All you have to do is shoot threes. Don't worry about the other stuff. Yeah, and now you're just that much more impactful than anything else that you were trying to be. Sure, and that's amazing. And like maybe the game was so simplified for him that he just took it and was like, "I'm now decent and a threat at all times." Also, the game is so much more easier on me because I have James Harden on the team. Of course. So yeah. in like New Orleans, he was kind of a dude. You know, like he was a dude. And he was always like double teamed, triple teamed, or injured. So yeah. yeah, that's my thing. Like I really think that they really took him, cradled him, like nursed him into a great player, and didn't say, "Hey, you have to do all this other stuff." Mm-hmm. And I mean, for that reason alone, that's an amazing six man. That's what you want under your bench, of course. So I, you know, I, I, I think the one thing about Iggy is like 
Iggy is a great two-way player. Yeah. I just I don't think in the situation it's warranted. Look at look at this. Look at this uh the stat line up here. Eric Gordon played 31 minutes a game. 31 minutes a game. Like that is that is a Impressive. commendable commendable six-man award. Yeah. So it's like even if he doesn't add a whole lot in defense, no one on Houston adds a whole lot in defense besides like Pat, Patrick Beverly and everybody. Yeah. So like, man, I just I I think I'm I'm completely cool with this. Yeah. I think this is actually my second lock it in second lock it in award. Yeah, sure. So I were there others that could have been on this list that could have made this list? Were you thinking of well, other players? Well, where's Jam- I mean, like the the perennial uh, Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Like I mean, the Clippers weren't that good this season, but Jamal Crawford has been in this list so many years. It's yeah. hard not seeing him in this list. Yeah, yeah. I, is there anybody else for you? Believe it or not, I, I mean, like Jamal Murray, who was a rookie out of Denver, was phenomenal for yeah. Denver. Yeah. And up until the last couple of sec- seconds of the games in the last, you know, five, six games of the season, they were in it. Yeah. And a lot of it had to do with the 20 point outcome. Yeah. Like, they were so, uh, like, unprecedented from a J- Jamal Murray, Murray rookie. So that was one dude. I would say from the East, you know, like, uh, what, it's hard to really kind of. What think about, about it now. Somebody from Boston or somebody from uh, somebody from the Wizards, maybe. Yeah, you know, both those teams were pretty um, like starter heavy. No, we'll of say. course, of course. Like a Kelly Olynyk would have been a pretty that, interesting. That, that was the name that was coming to my head. Zach Randolph from Memphis was thinking. I was thinking about it for a while, and then I, then <laughs> I, I obviously. I, I, sorry, I'm. That sh- was my I'm, pick. I'm shaking my head a little bit. I'm shaking my head, but no, that was your, that was your preseason pick. That was my preseason pick was Zach okay. Randolph. Yeah. And, um, well, Memphis just disappoints. <laughs> Shout out to Peter. Um, <laughs> so, hey, yeah. you, you got you got next season. You certainly got next That's season, right. and you got Conley's ridiculous contract to contend with and hairstyle. Season. So, like, <laughs> you know, the defensive player of the year usually goes to a big man, and ever since Kawhi Leonard, they kind of switched it, and all of a sudden, Kawhi Leonard's taking the supreme. Yeah, with the six man, it's been primarily going to Jamal Crawford. Yeah, it's usually not like a big man. Yeah, but like I remember Kenneth Fareed. Out of Denver was coming off the bench and doing so much work. Yeah. Nikola Jokic was coming off the bench for a while and doing so much work. So we were like now thinking about the big men off the league. Yeah. Kelly Olynyk and the Zach Randolphs were doing work. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to see how the the awards are now kind of shifting mm-hmm. the balance between I, and, and I don't positions. Think, yeah, no, of course. Becoming positionless. But I think that's the way it actually should be. Should I think I think it should have been that way the entire time. Oh, like yeah. just just saying, oh, you know, here's Here's guards and it's guard heavy. It doesn't need to be that way. It, yeah. it should be representative. It should be who's making the best impact mm-hmm. off the bench for your team. And if they're playing, if they're playing significant minutes, they deserve to be in this nomination. For sure, so, that's great. So let's move on from six man up to uh, this one. This this award in particular is controversial, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot to to tackle with this one. Uh, but we're going to go to Rookie of the Year. Is this and- a consensus list? Is the nominees con- unanimous? Like, those would be the three picks that you would pick. Uh, so, well, let's let's announce the picks and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Sorry. So, Malcolm Brogdon uh, for Milwaukee, Joel Embiid for Philly, and Dario Sark for Philly as well. So, I I don't know. I, I struggle with this a little bit. Same. I, I think that I think the president I think the president deserves to be on this list. I think Milwaukee he had an impact in Milwaukee. 
um, and helped him kind of make a run and just like he became I, the starting point guard overnight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like you you clearly have a position there. I think Joel Embiid would be hands down the winner of this award had he played more games. I believe he only played 31 full games this season. So and he's on this list. No, that is how good he was. Yeah. But I, as as an overarching season award, I don't. I do not think it's fair. Oh. I think that if he wins this as a rookie, literally watch out everyone else because he will take MVP yeah. so many consecutive times it'll make your yeah. head spin. What a storyline he was this season, and I love it, and I fell into the trap. I'm riding his train, man. Yeah. But um, you said he played 31 full games. No, he played 31 like quarter games. Okay. He was playing like 20 minutes oh, that, a game. That, 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 that's so right. it was that's really, right. if you want to like think about it, like 16 full games, and that puts him out of contention, I think. Yeah. I think it's great that he's on this list. If you look back at the other rookies, maybe a Jamal Murray could have made this list. Um, I don't know who else could have done this. Buddy Heald had nothing to no, give. No, no. And like a Chris Dunn was Sorry, unfortunately Chris, not even Chris in this Dunn list. Had, was nowhere to no be votes. found. Yeah. We uh, we definitely were pumped on him earlier in the season. Yeah, and that came to a screeching halt. Yes. So I don't. I mean, Jalen Brown also produced, but he produced in the manner that he should as a rookie in Boston. That is like he's getting 15 minutes a game and he gets yeah. a couple steals and. Like four points. Yeah. But he looked great. Um, so where do you go with this? I don't, I don't want to change it up because just because I think we might be unanimous on this. But um, I'm going to go with Dario Saric because even though Malcolm Brogdon got his team to the playoffs, he was a starter on a playoff team yeah. as a top five seed, by the way. Yeah. Um, averaging what? Like 13 and eight? Like, yeah. Really good stats, and he's on a six ten like flatline team where you can't <laughs> like he's playing D, he's playing like an Andre Miller on offense, and that's like kind of borderline unstoppable. If he's backing, if he's posting your guards up, mm-hmm. that that's like you know, there's that's a rare breed in the NBA right now. And I would love to give it to Brogdon, but I think just because Dario Sarge was the man in Philly when Embiid went down and he still gave them life and they won like 21, 22 games. Yeah. Averaging 18 points, like, is an international rookie of the year. I love it and I'm going for it because I love the international brand that's happening in the NBA. And I love this. This would be a great storyline for the international brand of the NBA. Yeah. I mean,. I don't know if that's why I want to pick him, but just his his second half run here, everything that he contributed, given probably your best player in, in Embiid going down and still winning games, I you know I was saying president, I, but uh, I know it's right. So it's so hard. I think I think they're both deserving, but I I think you absolutely have a point that. That Sarge is 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 the man. He's the, he's the pick here. So right. I I'm going to reverse course. I'm gonna I'm I gonna say too. I'm gonna say Sarge is is hands down the uh, the Rookie winner here. here. Yeah. All right. So hey, but Brogdon Brogdon like we he, love you, man. He is a star. He's yeah. a star in the making. Mm-hmm. And I I think that you know if you if you can start on a on a playoff team <laughs> as a rookie, just watch out. Yeah, seriously. So. All right, he's like, going to be in the league for 20 years doing exactly what he's doing right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the 
the most talked about already, and this is the most valuable player. Yeah. The the nominees are obvious, and if you if you've had your TV or internet on in the last season, you uh, know exactly what's coming. So obviously, it's Russell Westbrook for OKC, James Harden for Houston, and Kawhi Leonard for San Antonio. Oh man, it's just I I just don't see so. This list, this list is the only one that really frustrates me with the who was selected here. Yeah. So it's very, very obscure to me how LeBron James did not make this list. Yeah. I, just as the the most valuable player, the In most the, the most valuable player, and he, he was, played like it. No, of course he didn't he, take any fucking games off. Y- no, he wasn't injured or anything. No, so it's just it's hard not seeing his name here. Yeah, it is. I completely respect Kawhi getting the nod here, and like like I said earlier, he's probably the best two way player in the game. Yeah, but LeBron James is just a threat. Kevin Durant is not on this list. Steph Curry is not on this list. Those like, are former MVPs. Yeah, yeah. so those I, are the three former MVPs of the league. Yeah, and they're not on this list, which is kind of crazy to me. Also, if Kevin Durant didn't get injured, he would be on this list. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think he would be on this list. No, I think he would be hands down probably the winner of this. Yeah, um, even which would, which would have been interesting against yes. Westbrook. However, however, I think that I think Durant being injured and kind of the Durant Curry factor in Golden State kind of balance those two out so they're competing against each other so not as much impact as if they were alone yeah um and then and then james just i don't know what i don't know who chose this or why they chose it like this but i would i would definitely have considered james in the in the mix here now in terms of the three that are remaining or the three that actually made the list yeah what can we take out i think Kawhi leonard i think you have to take out Kawhi to begin (laughs) with i think that I think that he is definitely a defensive player nominee, but just in terms of offense, in terms of like total team impact, mm-hmm. he had players around him that could that could still kind of push him. Yeah. So I mean, I just I, I don't know how like if you if you remove Kawhi Leonard, you still have a team that can compete in the playoffs. If you remove Westbrook or Harden from those teams. I think you have a total fucking collapse. <laughs> so <laughs> to that point, up until like March, yeah, we had no idea who the MVP could have been. Yeah, there was probably ten, can, like ten candidates. Yeah, you know, we could probably list them all right now, but there's no point. After March, after that All Star break, yeah, March on to the end, it just seemed so clear. No, it's it seemed absolutely clear, and it seemed so clear that I predicted it in the beginning of the season, and that is the premonitions galore. Russell Westbrook, Mister mm-hmm. Triple Double. So I he just changed the game this season, and now the triple double is now a snoozer. Like remember when we heard yeah. about triple triple doubles from like Derek Coleman from like the nineties? We yeah. were like, holy crap, so this can happen. Yeah, this can is this actually something that can happen? It, it became a stat like so prolific that. It got mentioned everywhere. I'm like, it's a, it's like the Fox 9 test. It's like, you know, if it got men- mentioned in Fox 9, it was probably overhyped a little bit too much. Oh my God. So it was it was sure. definitely everywhere. Yeah. Um, but he just showed what, what he could do. And, I mean, he was not perfect. Neither of these players were perfect. And if you look at efficiency, 
Efficiency is if we considered efficiency, we probably we have, have a much a much list. different list. But just in terms of taking charge of a team yeah. from both a points perspective, assists, rebounds, dude, Russell Westbrook is. I mean, doesn't he lead his team in rebounds as well? Yeah, I just like that. That's mind boggling with to Cantor, me. with Adams, with yeah, <laughs> all their bigs. I just I, I don't really know what to what to say just in terms of like the total impact that he had just the sheer swagger that he had on the court this season. Sometimes you see like the rebounds that go to like a Kevin Durant or a LeBron James and it's off of a free throw miss. Yeah. Westbrook was rarely stat padding. I I would say I would argue that he was n- he was never purposefully stat padding. Yeah. Which is hard for me to convince myself of saying because <laughs> that's fine. Because earlier in the year, I had a different opinion. Yeah, you could watch him getting like skyboards, like meaning yeah. he's up in the air, he's flying, getting those rebounds. He's actually looking for his teammates to get those dimes, and it's not just like oh, in this quarter I'm giving all the dimes, and in this quarter I'm taking over the game. Yeah, it's like throughout the game, and that's hard for someone of his caliber, of his talent level, of his superstardom status to kind of always consciously be aware of. I think like. If I was him, I would always be trying to score. Yeah. And he was literally looking for his teammates at least 10 times a game. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so. I love that. But, yeah. I mean, I just, like, the season that he had, yeah. the season that he had, I mean, it's it would be criminal not to give him you this. You would be criminal. Not to give him this award. And the fact that he did not make first team all-star is <laughs> appalling. Yeah, it's it's crazy. appalling NBA. Yeah. So, hey. Bring it back to your interns, or just send it our way again. Send hire it our us, way. Hire us. We'll we'll figure out how to. We'll work for Almonds. Yeah. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Almonds. <laughs> back again. All right. So just a short recap. Uh, if you're catching the tail end here, sure. the so our pick for most valuable player is Russell Westbrook from OKC. Rookie of the year is Dario Saric from Philly. Sixth man consensus: Eric Gordon. From Houston, Coach of the Year consensus goes to Mike D'Antoni. Most improved consensus as well goes Greek Freak. Defensive player. I, I, consensus I, as well. I, I think we did consensus. It's RT, hey it's, it's the RTP consensus yes. episode. Right. But I, I think we've watched too much ball this season not to like figure out where the gems are. There could be a couple of switches here. Yeah. But... It's because somebody chose wrong. Sure. It's because somebody chose wrong. So hey, also he, we watch a lot of ball together, so we have our same the same opinions. Even you know, it's like if, <laughs> oh, this is kind of gross to say, but if like a girl goes on her, just cut that. <laughs> just cut that immediately. <laughs> cut that immediately. I don't know what you restart that from the top. You want me to actually? No, I don't want you to say that. I just. <laughs> 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 I just <laughs> uh. We just watch a lot of ball together. Yes. We just watch a lot of ball together. So a lot of similar opinions. Yes. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think this is interesting. So tune in tomorrow night to TNT. I don't know if this will actually drop in time for this. But otherwise, you get our predictions and we'll come back and talk a little bit about if there's any anomalies from these selections themselves. Yeah, actually, if, you, if, we, if we drop this correctly, you'll be listening to this on the same day of the awards. So uh, tune yes. in tonight. To, oh, yeah. 9 p.m. Eastern. I love it. I love it. So, so that's going to that's gonna wrap up this episode for our NBA awards. So next week, we're going to be back. We're going to start getting into some free agency discussion and, you know, maybe maybe some dog day topics as well. So we love 
love the dog days. So, so, so stay tuned. Find us on Almighty Baller. Tune in on tune in to Twitter and drop us a line about kind of every everything that you're seeing related to ball. If you have hot hot picks for uh, what's going down in free agency, Send it we, our way. We, we want to see them. So we are scouring the internet for each and everything. So stay with us. Our next uh, NBA meetup, NBA Thursday meetup is probably going to be July for the Seattle Pro-Am. So if you're in town, uh, stay tuned and hop on our Slack channel. And we're going to say hi to Zach Levine. We're going to say hi to the brand new Zach Levine from Chicago. Yes. Little, oh, yeah, a, li- a little bit. So my hat, my hat that got signed last season, that's a collector's that's item. A collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> that's right. great. All right. So, so stay with us. This is Hondo and Gee for Red and Pie. Peace, peace. Peace, peace. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.